Hey, this is Russell, and I work at the video store, the place that we can all go to once a week whenever it is movie night. Interesting people pop in to rent something, and we go through the films that they've loved across their life, and then when the store is quiet, I chat to my buddies about the films that we're watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas. We're here to help you figure out what you can watch. All right, let's start the show. Let's open up the shop. How's it, everyone? Morning, Russell. How you, how you, G-Force? <laughs> Getting yourself dead. How you, Marigold? I'm so good, thank you. Are you, are you well-rested? No. <laughs> Why not? My cat. Oh, God. Corbis. A terror. Yeah. Um, welcome to another day here at the video store. Uh, today on the show, a good, a good guy, Temba Robin, is popping in to rent something. Yeah. Do you guys know Temba? I don't actually. You you'll recognize him mm. the moment you see him. He is um, producing the most fun and great content. Um, he's an actor. Um, he's doing more and more comedy. You might recognize his voice because yeah. he does a lot of voiceover stuff. But he's just one of those people that I wanted to meet. Yes, <laughs> I see him in my phone <laughs> all the time, and I was like, I want to meet this person beautiful <laughs> so uh he's gonna pop in to to rent something in a moment but for all those new to the video store welcome we've got ourselves a lovely day here i've got graham and marigold and uh, please stick around for after the chat with timber where the three of us are gonna catch up yeah and we're gonna talk through the films that we've loved i've uh recently watched the bob marley film yeah bob marley one love so i want to share my thoughts on that um, there's some great TV shows out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some upcoming movies. There's one in particular that <laughs> we really need to talk about. Yes. Um, so it should be a great day. Yeah. Okay. I think it's going to be a fun chat with Timba. He's a he's a fun dude. So I'm sure it'll be amazing. Nice. Um, do you guys have some stuff to keep you busy? Um, I'm going to go and try and trick some parents into renting Alien for their kids. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the chess buster scene. <laughs> um, all right. I think let's get straight into it. Nice. This is Timber Robin popping in to rent something. How's it? How's it going? It's so nice to meet you. Russell, it's amazing <laughs> to meet you, man. <laughs> with you being someone with a very um, strong and prolific social media present, presence, it feels like I know you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you get that a lot from people where they're like, hey, how do I know you? Who are you? How do I yeah. But... Um, but I guess it's nice for you to meet me because <laughs> I feel like I've met you. Well, I've, I've listened to the podcast a couple of times now. And so I do feel like I, I know you to a certain degree, um, but it's more it's more of a vocal like, yeah. acquaintance more so than. I think that's the charm of podcasts. And that's what I knew I had to do. I had to get quite personal. I had to get perhaps very honest and vulnerable at times because the joy of a podcast, at least a weekly podcast, is that these guys become your friends yeah and that's the hope is that people get to know me cole graham gad marigold whoever we can like rope in for an episode so thanks for listening thanks Um, for having me how how are things with you what what's keeping you busy at the moment you seem to be doing lots of things yeah yeah um what's keeping me busy it's a little bit of everything um 
actually not even a little bit. It's a lot of everything. And um, yeah, it's it's actually tough at the moment. I feel bad complaining. Yeah. But it is. It's really tough at the moment. There's a couple of times also where I feel very... Like, I remember there was one day where I was like, I was stressed, busy, running around Joburg. And then I was like, hold on. I have to get dumplings for our dumpling box cinema night <laughs> where I get to have a place where we show anime and it's sold out. And I have to pick up T-shirts because I own a T-shirt. Co- hold on. Like, life is good. So, There's what, bigger <laughs> problems. Like, what, what, excite, what is exciting you at the moment? Um, look, I mean, I think we, we briefly touched on, on the comedy, um, before we, we turned on here. And so I would really like to sort of ramp up my, my, my up this year. Um, I got an opportunity cool. last year, a couple of opportunities actually to, to spend some time on stage. Um, it all happened really fast though. Um, I mean, like I've chatted to most of the guys and the guys say, you know, you, you do your first five and you build it up. Um, my first session was last year i think it was the beginning of last year and i'd, oh, I'd shit. committed you're, myself you're actually you're a newbie yeah yeah no fresh, in terms of stand-up yeah fresh uh, wet behind the ears if they say that and i had to go to champagne sports and do a 40 minute set um, <laughs> so you might not have had too many of your kind of bomb moments no, no. Throughout that forty-minute set, there were there were plenty. Um, okay, because that that's quite an important part of becoming yeah. a stand-up is is getting that experience, and that only happens when you do more. So, yeah. okay, so you you've started some stand-up. Yeah. Um, and I want to obviously get into all of that. Um, but you act. Yeah. You you produce like work that comes out on social media. You yeah. do voiceovers. You're an award-winning voiceover artist. What did you win an award for? Um, so we've got the um, <laughs> the African Voiceover and Podcast Awards. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's I recently heard about them. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically just trying to consoli- consolidate the like African voices, so to speak, because it's it's very fragmented, and you know people are charging like the craziest prices for stuff. And so these guys have kind of got together. Um, it's a couple of guys from Nigeria and, and surrounds and they do workshops and they got together and they said, Hey, why don't we look at African voices and see, you know, mm. where we're pegging amongst each other kind of thing. And then, you know, it, it, it's a really cool accolade to have to say, okay, cool. I want to yeah, best in Africa. I, I saw, I saw that. I saw it last year mm. and, I, and I do follow them because I think it's a good thing to, to know exists. Um, and what did you win for? I think it was best commercial performance on radio. Okay. Um, so it was probably a, th- a 30 second spot. I never actually found out what it was. Um, I was you also don't know non- which one it could have been for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do Just, so many. Yeah, yeah. So, so lucky to be very busy, yeah. And which languages do you do? I'm pretty much just English, to be okay. honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think generally, even when I even when I do speak Vinak, it's got a bit of a, a twang. Yeah. Um, which What's the people, twang? <laughs> it's just people are like, no, no, no. Listen, it's uh, it's got too much of an English twang. A little, to, a little uh, model C. Yeah, yeah, a little model C <laughs> twang. Um, so generally, I just, you know, I think you that's do what English. It, yeah. Okay. With voiceover, you got to just stay in your lane. Is that the main bread and butter? Because that can be a good source of income, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um, voiceovers, it's it's my most consistent, and I mean, I, I generally do one voiceover just about every day on average. Um, oh, but, really? Yeah. And you go um, into studios for that? Yeah, I also do have my own studio in Linden. Um, so oh, I've so just, just come from there now. Oh, cool. What did you do this morning? Um, it's a little audition for one of one of the TV stations is looking for a new... Uh, um, station voice for the year, so Lovely. I was just wrapping bye, up bye, my bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> wrapping up my little audition there, hoping to 
to to to get that. It's yeah. funny because once you have a presence on radio with a, a bunch of other different voiceovers, people tend to pick you because people tend to associate you with ads on radio. It doesn't matter what brand it is. And you just find guys like um, Brian Fanica, who I went to varsity with. He's like one of the most. Yeah. He does He does so many. It's, it's almost like your voice becomes familiar, therefore they'll use you more. But how do you get that going in the first yeah. place? If, no, totally. Yeah. Um, okay, but you do some fun stuff. Uh, I saw you and, and Boa went out to Hey Neighbor. Yeah. And you guys do skits together, right? Yeah. And and is that just sort of for your own fun? Do you do you, is there money in that? What's the vibe? Yeah, so funny enough, we, we have stumbled upon a little bit of money, but I think everything and, and this is maybe something we'll expand on a little bit later, but um, you know, a lot of people ask me about social media and say, Do you make money? But you know, is it yeah. about the views and stuff? And I'm going, No, but the exposure's great. And yeah. I think South Africa's also at the point where um actually the world is at the point where you've got to be so careful who you pick to represent your brand and yeah. um you know we see we see lots of companies and they've they've always got the the generic poster one black guy one white guy one colored guy mm. hanging out mm. <laughs> everybody's like wow you guys are trying too hard whereas um you know i think genuinely Bo and i can bring to the table we're going hey we're two fairly different guys yeah um, but we do get along and, and you yeah you very much match each other mm. and and it works very well it reminds me a little of do you remember there was that advert with the with that black guy and the white guy that were in that bucky and they were sort the of plumbers. leaving. Yeah, they were the plumbers <laughs> and they were leaving the, the the White House. White guy gets in the car, yeah. drive down the road, then they get out, swap seats, change the stickers on their car and drive into a black family's house. Yeah. Um, but uh, lovely, man. And um, what I saw recently that you posted, which is perhaps something we can chat about a bit now quick, is um, I don't think this was paid for and I'm curious to know whether it was. Just like a message about voter registration. Yeah. Was that just you on your own? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, were, you were just basically advocating for the fact that we must all get out and make sure we registered and, and mm. vote. So you just did that out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's part and parcel of the message kind of uh, – the, the, the content's always carried a message. And I think it's important for me is not to just be a funny ha-ha No, um, totally. Kind of I think it's great. So, I mean, you've got this audience mm. – and I'll never forget being embroiled in, in some discussion on radio um, about, you know, what we can do to drive up the votes. And there were all these sort of silly ideas about what we can do at the voting stations. Yeah. And I was like, guys, 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 we're missing the fucking point here. <laughs> the main point is clear communication. Yeah, yeah. Not like, oh, at some point you should maybe register. It's like, it's this weekend. Yeah, get it done. Make sure you're registered. You can't do it on Monday. Mm. It's this weekend. Yeah. Then, shush. Then the voting comes up, and then you're like, now vote. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> and, and you know what the crazy thing Just about Just go, it? get it done, vote. <laughs> it's like, it's simple, clear, this weekend, go. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the craziest thing about it, and it points out to me, is that despite the fact that we have so many problems, we are really in, you know, South Africa is a great country. And yeah. I, I'm, you, you see it when you have situations like this where people go, I should register, but I've got to play golf today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mandy and I are having croissants and but the tea offset the tea offset seven yeah. So you're going? Is your life that bad that your one opportunity to have an influence yeah. on the outcome of, of 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 the future of the country you'd rather go and eat scones? Yeah, um, shit, man. But yeah, and I think we don't have to get into it because I don't think you and I are political commentators. But mm. life after Cyril could be very interesting if the ANC are. are 
you know, still have the power. But it's yeah. interesting to see how those we're on the cusp of things potentially changing, where that two thirds majority that we once saw is 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 very whittled away. Yeah. It could be very interesting, and I just Jesus, I just hope it's <laughs> it's for the good. <laughs> don't want to turn around in a, in a year's like, time and go. Oops. I, I don't want. I don't want to pack up and leave, man. No, I've always been very proudly South African, and mm. I've, you know, we were talking earlier about you know being lucky enough to travel, and I, I take great joy in coming back. Yeah, and and I always want to bring those lessons and those things back. I really wish. <laughs> really wish I could fund a trip for like certain road agency civil servants to yeah. go to like Japan yeah, yeah. and go look at these sidewalks assholes look how <laughs> fucking clean they are <laughs> so I've, I've got a simple theory whatever your job title is or whatever your family has to they're not allowed to get a private service provider of any of that thing of that service so if you're the health minister yeah don't I don't want to hear anything about yeah. discovery go, no, to no, no, no. De- go to Joe Big Jen <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> then you then you turn an an, an, an internal heat up, you yeah. know, at the family at the family Christmas when Uncle yeah. what's his nut is not not around anymore. They're going, you could have done this, you could have saved him. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Oh shit, man. Okay, um, so at the moment, some exciting stuff coming up. Or, yeah, yeah. What what's on the cards? So um, yeah, like I said, so definitely going to be pushing the the comedy this year. Um, uh, what's your what's your vibe with the comedy? Because you, you you're very open about your family. You got kids. Mm. I think there's so much humor in being a dad. Yeah. What's so, your what? Where do you sort of see your f- vibe going? Yeah, I think it's purely anecdotal, sharing stories of uh, you know life and, and and the craziness that that is life. Because um, I think there's 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 a lot of fun in that because we live so quickly that we we often don't even take a second to realize how ridiculous. Some of the stuff that we do every day is. I mean, mm. I was just I just made a, a video that I need to upload just now, but it's just the way my, my kid wakes up. He's sick. He's I can see he's sick. Yeah, he's not going to school today. Mm. And then two minutes later, he's jumping on a trampoline. He's fine. He's, yeah, he's he's perfectly <laughs> fine. And and then also the hypocrisy of of parenting is the um, the way that we go to school and you see another kid with a snotty nose. You're like that is that is so wrong. Yeah. bringing that, that filthy child here with this sickness and then on the day when your kid's like sneezing and wheezing you're like come on mate you gotta you gotta you gotta back up and, and go, go, to go to school <laughs> you can't stay at the house but it's like no no one can look after you you, yeah. gotta, you gotta get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> i i've weirdly enough little fun fact i went to school every day of my primary school and high school yeah. i didn't miss a day of school so. i didn't consciously go i want to try and win the award. It was a combination of probably being quite lucky that I didn't have any kind of major illness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to school with my like little bottle of Akina Force, you know, which is that very strong <laughs> like herbal um, flu stuff where you put the drops in your mouth. Yeah. Later realizing it's about 60% alcohol. <laughs> but, um, There's the lesson. But at the end of my sort of high school, it was like, yeah, no, you, you, you you haven't missed a day. They gave you an award. I got this like award, yeah. That's flipping cool. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I guess I was lucky. Also, a combination of the parents that were like, get, yeah, get the school, man. Well, we had a scenario where um, our 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 housekeeper lady actually just vacuumed uncontrollably for hours <laughs> on end, and um, I had an opportunity to stay home one day, and then she just vacuumed the whole morning, and I was like, that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm never staying here. <laughs> Homes. <laughs> 
homes are fucking noisy in the day. <laughs> and there's always a leaf blower somewhere on the street. There's and, always a lawnmower. And, and, and your activities are limited. You, you, can't, you can't go out in the garden because you're sick now. You, you lay there. But, but that's the day that the vacuuming needs to be done. <laughs> no sweets, nothing. Oh, it's lovely. Um, all right. So... What we do here at the video store is we like to journey through your life because mm. we believe that the films that you've loved across your life have kind of shaped you in some way. Mm. So we've got the four great loves, which are the films. Maybe there's others, and but it's always interesting to see which one comes to you first. Yeah. Um, very similar to the kind of relationships you would have been having at the time. So the first is your puppy love film. Mm. So my first question is, where did you grow up? Born Johannesburg. Spent a couple of years in uh, mostly the Eastern Cape, traveling around, tra- traveling around little towns there, but primarily PE. Why did you travel? Uh, my dad is a he's he's a minister, so he had to religious had to, minister. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not cool. Not not, not money minister. <laughs> yeah. He's a <laughs> free healthcare. <laughs> he's the good deeds. Kids okay, so bread, uh, so minister. he he was a religious minister. Yeah. Okay. Um. What Christ, Christian? Um, the, what was the? Well, what? we're Meth- we're Methodist um, okay. until my parents got divorced. Then <laughs> he had to quickly <laughs> he had to become an Anglican. So Anglican now. Wait, Methodist, you can get divorced or not? I don't. I don't actually. Anglican don't, is the more is the more stoic, yeah, somber, old school way. Methodist is a bit fun. more is a bit more sister act. Yeah, yeah. No, like <laughs> drums and, and um, guitar solos yeah. and stuff was. The, the 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 what is it called? Worship music, but it's got another sort of name for it. But it's all like it sounds like it's a love song, but yeah. a little too much he, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, I think this is a religious song. When <laughs> you finally learn the words, you're like, you're oh like, wow, wait, what? I don't think this is a love song. I think this is a love song to Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, so you grew up in a very religious household. Did you feel it? No, no, we're not. We weren't overly religious. I think there was definite presence, but my dad never made it like an overbearing thing. Um, he kind of led us, you know, he, he showed us yeah. what was there. And I mean, we obviously had to go to church every every Sunday and we okay. got involved with youth and played in, in church yeah. bands and stuff. But, you know, when we got a little bit older, it was very much our own own choice. Um, where where do you sort of stand now? Um, I'm quite a free spirit, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, only because I I personally find a lot of hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, There's a lot that lets it down. Yeah. And so you you know I felt a little bit hard done by being judged by people who when we talk about you know. Human beings are yin and yang. You've got to have a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. And there's people that will scold you for being, mm. you know, mostly yin and a little bit of yang because, you know. You well, especially if you grow up and everyone knows that you're the minister's son. Yeah. It's like then you're going to get that pressure. you got that spotlight on you. Yeah. And then if you do anything wrong, oh, God help yeah. you. And so you've got okay. people who are like really bad in the week. Yeah. <laughs> judging you for one or two misdemeanors, yeah. you know. Kind of thing. Okay, but you moved around to sort of small towns. Yeah, so like Dordrecht, Maltino, places places people have never heard of. Uh, um, I know Maltino because there's a there's a very um, cool dude called Gareth Wilson who's in the music industry yeah. and he's a he's a bit of a man about town. Okay. He told me about Maltino. Otherwise, I would have never fucking known about Maltino. I think the claim to fame is the Omar Rusk factory. Ah. Yeah. So as local children, you go there for every outing. Um, to the point where they're like, they sort of <laughs> ration it off. They're like, we'll take you to the gift shop next time. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, when Omar got a little darker? 
Do you remember that moment? No, what happened? So Omar was always like a tunny Omar. She was always <laughs> she was always quite right. And then in a in an attempt for some transformation, they slowly made her skin browner until people kind of realized this. And then I don't think there was much fanfare. And then she she got she got a little whiter again. <laughs> so, <laughs> but a good old Omar Rusk is is a staple in South Africa. No, hundred percent. Okay, so that's what you grew up around. Mm. Okay, but what was the film, if you can remember, that 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 sort of made a first impression? It's usually perhaps quite an innocent film. It's perhaps something someone showed you. Yeah. Does anything stand out? Well, it was a film that I saw the first time I'd ever been to a theatre, and that okay. was Lion King. Lovely. Um, what a great first film. Yeah. Because um, not only is it a cinema experience, but it's a it's a Africa that you know. Yeah, and it's. Well, I mean, Africa. I don't. I didn't know the bush felt so well. But time, I mean, but somewhat. I mean, like you'd grown up around it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you were a little kid in a European town no, no, seeing a giraffe for the first time. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, yeah, I think, and, and the film is just filled with a little bit of everything. Like it's fucking perfect. And, it is uh, perfect. Comedy and songs and. When you watch the live action remake, well, live action, mm. um, it just has you realize how perfect the first one was. Yeah. Where it was like, why did we touch this? Uh, yeah, I struggle with the remakes, to be honest with you, because... There was such a cash grab. Yeah. Like, oh, cool, a new Beyonce song, and it's kind of a shit song. But, like, but no, it was perfect. Yeah. Jeremy Irons' scar was great, and, like, oh. And, you know, it's Hamlet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, when, I've, you, when, you, when you get a little older and you get somewhat exposed to Shakespeare, you yeah. realize that The Lion King is the story of Hamlet, to, to the large yeah. degree. Yeah. You know, the uncle takes the power and then he gets banished and he comes back and the only thing that's different is in Hamlet the uncle like marries the mom okay which obviously he would never have done yeah <laughs> in Lion King okay but you remember the moment yeah no no well n- not so much the moment but I, I remember the story and just like really getting getting attached to it to the point where like I mean I think most of those voices are some of my favorite voices for the rest of my life um yeah it's they're just yeah they're so dynamic and so fun and I mean you 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 try and think that this is a normal walking human who yeah. who created these uh, these sounds and these voices that's that's incredible for me. Were you were you like doing the voices? Did you like re redo them? Were you sort of starting a little bit of a voice career at this point? No, I didn't. I don't think I comprehended it at the time. To be honest yeah. with you, I just I just loved the sound of what yeah. I was hearing. And then only maybe much later when I got into voice work now in the last sort of seven years, uh, I've revisited it and gone like, whoa, these guys are actually incredible at what they do. You'd appreciate this story. Um, Halfway through the recording of um, Be Prepared, Mm -hmm. the the song. Be Prepared. You know, um, Jeremy Irons was singing it, but then he got sick and something happened with his throat. So there's a point in that song where someone else is doing an impression of Jeremy Irons, and that someone else is arguably the most famous voiceover artist. Um, no, I forget his fucking name. But uh, the dude who did um, Winnie the Pooh. Oh uh, yeah, and, and like a bunch of all of those um, Tiggers and um, that guy Cummings, Alan Cumming, Alan. No, fuck. I should really know it off, off by heart. Doesn't matter. But 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 that dude um, finished the song. Yeah, I mean, I think if you've and got... it's seamless. No one, no one ever picked up the fact that. With different guys started singing the song halfway through. That's the um, real fans. I heard something. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So we're in Eastern Cape. Um, then uh, we get over to high school. 
Mm. Perhaps things get a bit more adventurous. Um, where were we in high school? I'm still still in PE. I went to went to a school called Alexander Road High. Okay. Um, also had had aspirations of pursuing theatre. Nice. Um, and I very quickly found out that I'm I'm not a thespian. You know, <laughs> I love acting. I love theatre, but I'm, I don't have the the, the thespian decorum, what, um, so to speak. No, but but I mean that could come in all shapes and sizes. What what puts you off acting? Um, it's, like I said, it's almost specifically theatre. I think um, theatre was just a really hard grind. Um, I don't know if it's specifically in PE, but um, yeah, maybe maybe also I lacked the discipline at the time. Yeah. Um, because you have to be super disciplined. Um, it's it's very much a team work thing. Yeah. Um, so did you try school plays? Yeah, yeah. So there was uh, the Gilbert and Sullivan down in, in, in PE. And so we did a couple of plays. We did Guys and Dolls. Okay. Um, I did Cinderella pantomimes in the town theater. Um, okay. Got to be one of the, the mice. Um, <laughs> we Yeah, I mean, really, really great experiences. But I, I realized... Um, Perhaps was it the was it the sort of marathon effort of having to do all those shows day after day, yeah. or where you were perhaps more of like a one and done guy, where you're like I could do a show, yeah. but then I don't want to have to do it again. Yeah, I think that's that's also it. Like I I really dislike doing the same thing over and over again. Um, even now, it's it's one of the things that plagues me. Yeah, and people are like, when you get into comedy, you just got to keep doing that same five minute until you've got it waxed, and I'm like, what? Yeah. That sounds horrible. Yeah, no, but I also I also feel like I'm lying to people I when think, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. That was also an interesting thing for me to figure out is that that's how comics do it. Yeah, but I think it takes its own shape each time, and of mm. course, comedy allows you to add or indulge or change. Where I think there's less room in a play. Yeah, no plays yeah. plays. Um, and actually, also there was a big big time where we we completely missed one of our cues, um, to come onto stage and. Everybody threw their toys. <laughs> it's like I. <laughs> by we, it's what you and the other mice. Um, no, no. So it was it was in guys and dolls, and just before halftime, um, just before the halftime break, there's supposed to be this huge chase scene, and there's a policeman who chases the um, the gangsters and, and everything. So I was yeah. a gangster, and then I was I was sat out at the back. Um, I don't even smoke, so I don't know what I was doing there. But I sat out the back step smoking with the the main yeah. cop and yeah. one of the biggest gangsters. And, you know, we just lost track of time. We thought, yeah. well, we better go and check, you know, what's happening. Here we are in the play. And we heard the, <laughs> the halftime music and the curtain coming down. And what had happened is the chase scene started, but there was no cop. <laughs> so <laughs> so just running from gangsters. nothing. Well, I have a very similar story. I was involved in Macbeth in high no school. Ways. And I was, I forget the name. I, I was someone. And, uh, and my one scene was to tell... Macbeth that Macduff has fled to to Scotland yeah. or England. I come on and I tell him that. Well, let's just uh, let's just say that night nobody knew that Macduff had fled to England. <laughs> and Where I also you? got. I was in the fucking backstage bathrooms, <laughs> hanging out, singing songs, you know, enjoying the 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 downtime. Yeah. And I had the teacher come in and go, "Where the fuck were you?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit." Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I I enjoyed it, but um, yeah, maybe yeah. it's not for us. No, no. no. W- w- was any kind of like ADD creeping in at this point? No. <laughs> no. You fine in that regard? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Um, okay. What came to you in high school? Um, man, there was there was quite quite a few films around that time. Um, 
and I'm, I can't remember when exactly it was, but I really loved the film Stuart Little at some point. Oh, cool. Um, but I think that might have even been... <laughs> have you ever seen that meme of like the other kids at the orphanage? No. Where they're like, I'm a perfect like little kid. <laughs> Yet they choose the rat mouse. <laughs> Like, how bad must you be as a kid in the orphanage that, yeah. that the family pick a rat? <laughs> the options aren't great, man. Um, it's like that's that's a blow to the confidence. <laughs> I mean, what can he what can he do? And he's so, got a little car yeah. that works. <laughs> I, I, I think it's. I think it's, uh, it's. Okay, why did you enjoy that? It's a lovely movie. So this is quite a funny thing. Um, we were somewhere the other day, and my wife was saying oh Stuart Little came on and she absolutely hated it she's like it's the dumbest movie ever and I had said well I really I really love, I really love that movie yeah. to be honest and then um, my, my partner at the studio he just came out and he said well maybe maybe it's because you were adopted and you resonate with the fact that the mouse was accepted into there we go and I had you, were adop- <laughs> you were adopted yeah yeah when, like, when I was like three um Okay, so so dad, the minister, wasn't your biological dad? No, no, no. no. Okay, so, all right. No, no well, that's an important thing family. to mention. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. Well, th- thanks. Yeah. Um, um, yeah okay, so, so okay, so that makes some sense. Yeah, but it blew my. This was like two two weeks ago, and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was I today to years s- old <laughs> when I realized I have this. Uh, yeah, I need strong. to go see a psychologist. And then you look, <laughs> cut, to, cut to your shelf, and it's like Stuart Little, Annie, like, <laughs> all these, it's all a these, comedy, uh, yeah. all the, every. There's one. There's one common denominator. <laughs> um, okay, no, but that makes sense. Yeah, so something to think about. For um, do you know your biological parents? Do you have any? No, not not too well. Um, that sort of that whole area is a bit a bit gray and i mean there's always opportunity to pursue it but at the moment there's, like, there's two clear paths you either like yeah. want to or you are very happy to not yeah and i think for most of my life i've been quite happy to just you know live my life it's the only life i've ever known so quite happy exactly. to sure. pursue it um but subconsciously i think a part of me goes hey you need to you you know for your own wellness you sometimes need to tap into that and understand if, you know, if it's even possible yeah. was it possible for you it, it is fairly possible um but i think at the moment you know career-wise i'm i'm having to develop and understand what sort of brand i'm creating very quickly i've got i've got a nearly three-year-old and a one-year-old at home um, yeah. so you know life at the moment is just completely at capacity um, I, yeah, I, I don't you know. don't have the emotional capacity yeah, to, to bring in anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> tapping tapping that tempered glass isn't a great idea. Yeah, sure. Um, but you said your folks got divorced, hey? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and where, where are they still around now? Yes, yeah, so my my dad's um in Middleburg in the Eastern Cape. Is he still um, spreading the the good word? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. He, he does it in his uh, Felskun there in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And then, uh, my my mom's in the UK now. Um, and she does a bit of caring up there, but um, that side of the family is ori- originally from the UK, so um, she's essentially back home. Okay, are, th- are they both white? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, forget to lead with that sometimes. No, well, the felt's good sort of hinted at <laughs> <laughs> hinted at something, so I just thought it'd be worth um, oh. worth asking. Um, okay, uh, so we had Stuart Little. You think that was about high school, eh? Yeah, it might have been. It might have. It could have been a bit earlier. It could have been a little bit earlier. How old are you now? I'm 33 now. 33, okay. 34, 1990, maybe. 
1990. Um, yeah. So it actually, it actually could have been a little bit sooner. Cause um, I got a great story. One time we had to pack the van to, to travel as a band. Yeah. And um, Jake, the drummer in our band, is the youngest. Ironically, mentally, he's the oldest and wisest. <laughs> but but he was born in 1990, and I always I've always clucked that as like a thing. Yeah. Where some of us are 1985 babies, and at one point it involved potentially Jake having to now sit on my lap because we were running out of space in the van. <laughs> and I said, "Okay, Jake, come sit on my lap, and I'll tell you about the 80s." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good old 1990. Yeah. Um, okay, but, but but let's say Stuart Little. That's good. Any other ones? Um, so there was there was so many films around that time, um, and like I thought of all my favorite films, and now I don't no, know right. which one was was where. Um, but there was there was one or two. There was uh, Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea had just come out. I think probably that's a shock one. Yeah. Oh shit! But it was also like we we were you know pre well, teens then. I remember watching like, that. It's like sharks, bikini, action. Yeah. yeah. Um, the best combination for, no, and like, for a 13, 14 year old boy. Arguably the best way Samuel L. Jackson's ever died. <laughs> Where he's just standing on the side of the pool. Yeah. And the shark just comes out of nowhere and just munches him in one go. Yeah. Yeah. LL Cool J. Yep. Yep. He was the, sh- I think he was the chef. And it was um, back in the day when you could star in the movie and then do the cool song. Yeah. 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 At the end. You know, it's like a very Will Smith kind of contract where it's like, I'll only do the movie if I can do the song. song yeah. And then it's going to kick in at the credits and I get to do the song in the music video. That, that was cool. It was like the sharks um, get smarter. Yeah. They sort of track them down. They're all kind of underwater in a, in a basement like facility, like an underwater um, like a, facility. Yeah. And they were, and they like were studying the, the sharks. Yeah. There um, were some good looking women in the movie. Very much so. Pools of blood when people got chomped. Arms no, it missing. Cool. Um, it was a good movie. And like lots of like scenes where like you'd have that one limb just floating and then yeah. twitching. And, ah! um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And that, I mean, yeah, surprisingly, that's not even my cup of tea. But for some reason, that at that out. age, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. This, is, this is crazy cool. Okay. Uh, all right. So we were at high school in PE. Yeah. And, uh, and then any varsity any college? Uh, a brief stint, eh? Okay. A brief stint. What did we dabble in? Um, a little bit of sound engineering. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, but uh, still in the Eastern Cape. Still in the Eastern Cape, yeah. Tried, tried my hand at sound engineering. That didn't quite work out. Yeah, I just what went was the to hope work at that point? What, what did you want to be? I don't think I even had a plan. To okay. be honest, with it's you. just like <laughs> here's something. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then when did you move to the big city? So I've been been in Joburg for about seven years now. So I probably moved here at about twenty three, twenty four. Okay, no, it must have been must have been twenty five. Sorry, yeah. Okay, was that the next move after after sound engineering? Where did we go after that? Um, I just bounced around doing doing random jobs. So actually, somehow I talked myself into a job at one of the biggest shipping companies in the world to oh, work for for Maersk Line Shipping. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I used to do um, the vessel ops and stowage stowage plans. Um, it was okay. It was a I guess a I guess PE, you know, creates these kinds of jobs, right? Being yeah. a harbor and where where stuff comes in. Yeah. So. So what did you? What were you in charge of? 
too much. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did you have to do? So, like, we had to do stowage plans. So, when, when a vessel comes into the port, they obviously just Just the fact and... that you use the word vessel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like whenever you talk to someone, like, in About the car sale, sale or car service industry, they don't say car, they say vehicle. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we don't say vehicle. <laughs> Sir, the vehicle, vehicle, sir. The appropriate terminology, yes. So the vessel. Yeah. So the, Not so the, the ship. <laughs> the no, vessel. Well, the, the, the vessel berths um, in, the, in the port and um, oh, get, look at you gets go. pushed alongside and then you do your discharge and, and your load. And then, um, <laughs> you know, all your containers weigh different weights. So anything yeah. from 16 to 30 tons, okay. um, depending on what they're carrying. But that weight has to be displaced accordingly. Um, on the vessel? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, and then uh, so you got to worry about yeah, the that ship makes sense balance. because otherwise it could it could topple over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and then um, you also got to make sure you're not putting boxes in the wrong place. So if you're going uh, Cape Town, PE, Durban, you don't want to have Durban boxes underneath. Oh, and um, by boxes you're talking about the big shipping containers. Yeah, the containers. Yeah, so you played like a little bit of Tetris, so to speak. Like you had to kind of plan these ones accordingly. Yeah, logistical Tetris. Oh, wow. Um, which was quite fun. But it turns out that that was a, a sort of 24-hour job. You just never, you never switch off. You're always yeah. um, on call. And I played in a little band at the time, um, a little three-piece oh, cool. um, band called Written in Scarlet. So, um, you know, gigging and… Um, what did you do? I was the percussionist. Um, nice. Yeah, I played a little bit of uh, djembe and, and drums when, when the oh, cool. occasion presented itself. Um, Were you actually like full kit at any point? No, no, never, never got full kit. It just and and never, never was really a viable option in PE. Um, okay. To to lug a whole kit around, it's sort of they liked a little three piece band. So for a long time, we were the resident Friday night band at Barney's on the beachfront. Oh, lovely um, man! Which was which was quite cool. Um, but yeah, so you can't play you in can't the gym, go and uh, play a gig and then go to the harbour. <laughs> yeah. At, at eleven at night and after control two beers. like sort of millions of dollars worth of, of yeah. stock. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's an interesting job. Yeah. No. No. I mean, still, still fascinates me. If if I'd been a little bit older, I think I would have maybe pursued it. But it also is a very predictable job. So a lot of the guys in my office said to me at the time, they're like, "Listen, mate, you're 23. Yeah. You're you're a young black guy working in logistics. They're like, just ride this out for five five years. This is a decent wave. Yeah. You're gonna be you're gonna be sitting in Durban ops in no time. And I was like, sick. Okay. Cool. But having a look at like everybody else around the office, that's just all they did. All they did for mm. their entire lives was eat, sleep and drink Shipping vessels containers. and containers and um yeah. I'll, I'll timbers, yeah. timbers destined for a bit more greatness. Well, we, I, at the time I didn't know what, but I was just but like, did you feel that? Did you feel like I need to do something of more substance or something of more joy or comedy? Or, like what was your feeling? It was wanting more so to do, uh, have more variety. It's just to go, hey guys, I can't be boxed in as just this guy. Like, like yeah. I, I'd like to think I'm funny and like I'm musical and stuff. And if I take this route, all of those characteristics die. Yeah. That's it. They, yeah. they, there will be no space for them. And so yeah. it was almost a pursuit to go, how do I design a life where all these things can live? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So then now we perhaps are designing this life. Mm. Um, we are... Yeah, working, building our career. We call this the It's Getting Serious mm. film, which is like, it's not just a re little relationship like in high school or a yeah. little puppy love. Now we're sort of perhaps moving in. We're, you know, we're thinking of getting engaged. You know, it's just, it's like a little more adult. Yeah. Um, any any films resonate at that point? 
So it was probably an old film by that stage. Sure. Um, but Snatch is probably, nice. um, I think Snatch has to be one of my all-time favorites. Okay. Um, just it's so it's so layered. There's so much going on. There's, um, and I'm a big fan of British comedy yeah. just in general. Yeah. So those quirky little one-liners and, and no, stuff he he just, got it, and that was that was his sort of big shining moment. Yeah. Him being Guy Ritchie, mm. because he was he was saying at the time. It wasn't hard to write because that's what that's what was around me. That's what people were saying in bars. These yeah. were the stories. These were the characters that I was meeting. This is this was my world, and obviously amplified and refined it. But mm. um, did you know? Funny. This is a little fun fact that that Brad Pitt's character, oh you Mickey, know, and and the fact that you couldn't really hear what he was saying. Yeah. Do you know that that was devised the night before he had to shoot? No ways. So he had the role, had the script, was down on set and was struggling to kind of figure out his character. And, and being Brad Pitt, he perhaps didn't have a lot of time to commit yeah. to, the, to this kind of what was at that point quite a smaller role, right? And um, I think he was on the phone with Guy Ritchie and he, just saying, I, I don't know how to do this. I can't mm. figure out this character. So eventually they realized that you actually don't need to understand what he says. Yeah. Like what he actually says doesn't drive the plot. Yeah. And that's when they came up with the fact that let's make him undiscernible. Completely un yeah. Fight for it. For the caravan. <laughs> I think those laughing moments yeah. also like just you sitting there going, and this oak is completely confident. But then yeah. he also like gets these sneaky little like these fine little one line in his uh, and he's uh, there's one one point after the whole caravan thing's gone flop and he goes, um is, uh, save your breath to cool your porridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, great. who says stuff like so that? Um, and like, why do they call him the bullet dodger? Because <laughs> he dodges bullets, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but but uh, it's lovely. There's, there, you know, then Guy Ritchie went on Famous, married Madonna, did a bunch of more kind of commercial films. But it looks like there's quite a fun return to that Guy Ritchie coming out soon. A trailer's just dropped for a new film called the gentleman of ungodly warfare or the un yeah. ungentlemanly warfare. And it's all about like a secret wing in World War II of soldiers. Yeah. It, look, oh, it looks very interesting. I'm gonna get you, while we're chatting, Definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you the the right um name of the film. But it's like it's very guy Ritchie. You know, you know what I think I particularly like about the whole snatch thing? Um is you've got quite a star studded um Cast. Cast, not crew. Yeah. And what I find nowadays is I think a lot of films really just use that as a crutch. They'll come up with a relatively weak storyline mm. and then they'll just put all the big names in it. So you've got seven people who should really be leads in their own yeah. film. And then there's a, like a terribly weak storyline. Yeah. It's just no, the names sometimes it's carrying too much. people to the box office. Uh, it's called The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Okay. And it looks very cool. Um, so part of what we do here at the video store is I try and find a movie for you to rent. That's uh -huh. why you've come in and visited. Yes. So I'm curious to know whether you've seen the film The Man from Uncle. I haven't. I haven't? No, I haven't. I haven't, okay. but I've heard. Henry Cavill, um, but that's Guy Ritchie, mm. and that's good Guy Ritchie. Okay, I'm going to give you that to rent. It's on like a scum. It's so good. I watched it on the plane. It's just got such great style because it's that old like 60s yeah. spy stuff. So they've got like early like Connery Bond level um, gadgets. Yeah. And it's, but it's, oh, it's so slick. But the, the, the gadgets in every like spy film is just, 
it's incredible how exciting it is always. Like it's well, what's yeah, totally. And I always wonder, like, where are we right now? Yeah, like don't you don't you wish you could actually like go to the CIA, just get that like full access and go like. Where are we at right now? Yeah. Like, what do you is have the, the most black flashing? Yeah, what is the most advanced thing that we have? Because yeah. only governments can fund that sort of stuff. It yeah. costs way too much to uh, to have any kind of private person do. Um, yeah, the Man from Uncle is is a great film, and it has old Henry Cavill, and it's got Army Hammer in it. Okay, very cool name. Yeah, Army Hammer. Um, no, you you'll dig it. Um, okay, now we on to our last film, mm. which may be really answered, which is the film you would settle down with, which yep. is like a sort of all-time favorite. It could be one of the ones you've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't met it yet. But um, what do you think is your sort of all-time? It's, it's probably going to be uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Ah, yeah. lovely. It's, uh, yeah. Gosh, Tina. Gosh, Tina. <laughs> Eat this food, you stupid llama. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's cool. Um, what 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 do you love about it? I think I just love the fact that there's there's no form factor to it. Like almost when I watch a film now, if I if I see if if I see a scene, I know that scene's in it for a reason. Yeah. Um, we don't just shoot stuff for for no reason, kind of thing. And I watched one of the worst films I think I've ever seen. Um, called Vanquish. I think it's okay. called Vanquish. It's uh, Ruby Rose and uh, Morgan Freeman. Okay. Um, okay. But like. It's just no. from beginning to end. It is just clumsy. It's awful, man. Um, crossfade. Like you Ooh. almost feel like the editor only had crossfade as a yeah. transition because it's just <laughs> like the other keyboard. And <laughs> the other key on his keyboard is broken. And he's like, no, this is what we're doing. Yeah. It's, and it's long crossfades and stuff. But um, like that film has scenes and you're just like, what was the point of putting that in there? Why? Yeah. With Napo- Napoleon Dynamite, you see these scenes and somehow... They make sense. Some other add value, like the, yeah. the opening bit, he's got this little toy soldier or whatever mm. um, r- rolled up on a string and the bus is driving and he unravels it and he lets the little toy out the window and it sort of unravels and mm. bounces on the road as the bus goes past. Mm. And that has no context yeah. to anything. But it kind of also builds sort of who he is. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're a kid in high school and you're playing with toys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, it was a very special movie that... It teeters on the on the line of like whether or not we can make fun of autism, but it, <laughs> but it, but it with uh, a modern look back, yeah. maybe in a modern lens, but it's still fun and yeah. it's still ultimately like um, you know a great a great film. Um, oh, no, no, okay, that's special. I guess it's just humor, a uniqueness in humor, like. It's, it's you know, unique. you kind of seeking out something that's new and different and fresh. Yeah, I think I think again, it's that that whole point that it just it didn't fit any particular mold or it didn't it didn't have the bones of a film kind of thing. It just it was just happening. It was just there, you know, mm. just just for the sake Very of Very free mm. and silly, and I think that's what we all need, right? And then moments of brilliance, just like there's the, there's when uh, he dances to the Jamiroquai can't heat yeah. thing. And I mean, that no. that dance sequence, I think, has just been isolated and sent out to the world a million times. But also, like, you see so much of that nowadays where someone's mm. like, they, they they saw how successful that was as, a, as an idea. Mm. And many films do that now where they go, let's have a fun sequence. Yeah. Where it's like, for a moment, this is going to turn into a music video. Yeah. 
Um, we spoke about it the other day with Argyle, which is now in cinemas. And they, they do the same thing where they're like, in this moment, music starts and it's basically a music video. Yeah. Like, we're just going to have fun and this is going to be preposterous. Yeah. And and that was probably one of the first times we saw it. Yeah. Where it was like, all of a sudden, we're like, we're just going to get this like silly dance. And it, and mean, it worked. Yeah. And I mean, Canned Heat, what a number. I yeah. Mean, and, it, and it was also a very low budget. Yeah. Which is inspiring for someone like yourself, who is often shooting just with a, cam- with a camera phone. Mm. And you want to make these kind of quick, easy, fun skits. Yeah. I think I think that's even that's even just a, a really important thing. Um, I think for like young creatives to take on board also, and um, I know you've probably heard the saying that all gear, no idea. And um, yeah, you sure. know we've got these guys who have these incredible like equipment rooms and stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, people are always most invested in the story. Yeah, um, and a good idea and a good yeah. solid heart. And, and a good solid thing, yeah. Um, you talking about crossfades now, just <laughs> the editor only doing crossfades, um, it made me think it's a very f- weird tangent. Just go with me. But as a musician, maybe you'd appreciate it. Um, there was an era in the big studio 80s, you know, when there was quite a mystery as to sort of how you made music. Yeah. You know, nowadays you can just do it on your computer. It's a lot easier. Um, apparently there was there was a guy, this fictitious guy that a lot of studios in LA and big famous bands would say that they needed as a special engineer um, to do the fade out. <laughs> so they would say to the record label, we need extra budget to bring in the fade out guy. Yeah. And this fade out guy is going to come in and, and expertly do the fade out. And the studios were, okay, okay, but what, sure, whatever you need. But that extra budget was all going to drugs. <laughs> but there Just was to stories, get faded, man. There were stories of, of, the, of the fade out. Yeah. <laughs> Where all they did was just turn the volume down. <laughs> I, I always say it's so scary um, in the world that we live in. If, if you don't have an inkling what the person does that's come to help you, they could they could just they could like take you I'm, for a ride. I, I like I mean there's there's lots of things you can you can imagine going to a mechanic yeah. and he looks at your car and says well you you need a new contrafibrillator yeah and you're like oh, from, oh, oh that sounds going, expensive yeah <laughs> and he goes well you guessed right it yeah. is it is expensive <laughs> it's gonna take two weeks to get oh, there and um, you wouldn't know where to locate it in the engine um, and I mean we yeah. we do that with. Uh, with sound and stuff, you know, once once or twice, and it's not it's not good to to speak ill of your clients by any mean. Yeah. But you know, sometimes some people come in and say, ah, "I like I like it. It's just sounding a little bit like this. Um, maybe we can tweak this." And then you touch some yeah. things and you play it back, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's it." But you did fuck all, and you did not. You did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's very mental in that sense. Oh. But listen, man, I appreciate you. Thank you for Thank having you for me. making the time. Thank you for the space and the platform, and um, I think now that we've we've chatted, yeah, we we might might hang out a little more. Yeah, totally, and hopefully we're going to get you on the Bioscope stage. Yeah, because Bioscope Sundays can be a very easy gym for you. Yeah, to hammer out those five minutes, <laughs> With the same five minutes. <laughs> the first time you mentioned gym earlier, I was like. I thought you literally meant. Oh no no! I was gym. speaking very figuratively. Yeah, as, as you as you will. No doubt now come to see you've got to you've got to exercise that muscle that yeah, stand up yeah. muscle needs 
needs constant work and attention. Yeah. Um, and it needs to be done in front of people. Yeah. You know, maybe you're going to try a little hook on the one joke and then you're going to get the response and you're going to shit next week. I'm going to try it differently. Mm -hmm. So you got to refine it. Um, so we'd love to have you here for that. And then anything long form, yeah. the bioscope is here for you, man. Those will make a small feature film somewhere. In, yeah. Um, and then also obviously the film content, if you ever need to premiere it, if you ever want to do a, any kind of screening, yeah, sure, man. it'd be nice to have you. But I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll see you down the road. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you could come back in you know as well this is not always a one and done thing with yeah. the video store no. if you're a regular customer and you come in every now and again well i'll definitely have to come back and tell you about the man from uncle so yeah well let me know what you think yeah. i don't quite know where it's available in south africa but it's 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 out on the seas as well yeah. as we say where you can get your hands on it <laughs> <laughs> awesome lack man i'll see you soon yeah Cheers. Okay. Bye. All right. What a fun chat. Yeah. <laughs> I um I really enjoyed him. It's amazing how some people can just bring out the comedian in you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um I was quite funny. I thought <laughs> it's just funny how sometimes that that happens. Um, the the voiceover artist I couldn't remember at the time is Jim Cummings. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you, you and you told me that fact. I oh, did. I about the scar. Oh, be right. Yes. Thing. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's an important one. Yes. Um, but yeah, we um, at some point we we're talking about your cat. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Marigold. Corvus. <laughs> Corvus. You you he, have this cute little cat called Corvus. Yeah. He's and a, was he being a bit of a dickhead? He was so evil <laughs> like the past 24 hours he's just had this complete switch should we make a, a horror movie about an evil cat called kobus yeah. yes. a demonic cat did you ever read the um goosebumps about the cat no um, i was never always... a goosebumps reader okay no. i was a little bit older when it came out okay. yes okay. yeah there was there's one and i've always had black cats kobus is black and white but i've always had black cats and it's about like a black cat that and cats do this, and Quibus does this, where he'll sit on your head yeah. when you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like a very safety, nice thing. Yes. But in the book, the cat moves onto the girl's face and right. like suffocates her in her oh, sleep. <laughs> yeah. um, what is the R.L. Stein fact? There's something about how prolific, this is the author of Goosebumps. Yes. yes. He 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 created an R.L. Stein award for literacy, and he gave it to himself. Oh, oh right, or like something. <laughs> yes, like. but he sold more books than I think anyone. Mm. Yeah, there's some there's some fact about how many books he sold, and it was mm. just because he wrote as many as he did. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, nowadays I guess kids are consuming more TV shows 100%. than books. Yes, yeah. but the, back in the day, like Christmas were fun. They were yeah. super fun. Yeah. I must actually try find them. Yeah, I think there was a good, yeah, a good time and place for them. Mm. Um, what have you guys been enjoying? I can talk about a few things. I watched the Bob Marley film. Okay. Bob Marley, One Love. Oh, yeah. nice. Uh, it came out on Valentine's, mm -hmm. which yes. is an interesting move. I guess yeah. that's the timing of it. Um, this is the big biopic about Bob Marley. Mm -hmm. This is the one um, very much endorsed by his family. Right. Um, this is the like this is the one. Yes, I think there's been attempts and there's been documentaries and all that kind of stuff, but like this was definitely felt to be like 
the crack. Okay. And I think they did an amazing job. It felt super authentic. Cool. To the point where, like, there were some times where I, like, think I needed subtitles. Because <laughs> they had, like, the thickest accents. Amazing. And they're fighting. But, of course, like... <laughs> Okay, so I don't know why necessarily it was Valentine's because at the one of the subplots is his relationship with his wife, okay. yeah. which I didn't really know about. And mm. of course, this is what's nice about this documentary is that you get this layer about their relationship and their career together because she was also singing on stage with him often. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, they're having this like fight in Europe and you can like hardly understand what they right. say. But... Um, it felt super authentic. Cool. I, I kind of wanted it to um, give me more goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Throw back to okay. 10 yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> uh, no, I did want it to, to give me a bit more. Um, sadly, it didn't. But, okay. but I thought it, was, it felt to be the most authentic story okay. telling of him I could imagine. Mm. How does it hold it to like, because there's this thing about biopics, specifically music biopics, where they all follow the exact same structure. Yeah, I think it stayed on point. Some people, you know, I was hearing these mixed reports building up to it where some people were saying there's not nearly enough music. Right. And I was like, oh my God, how do you not (laughs) do enough music in a Bob Marley biopic? Mm. But there was plenty music. Okay. So I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. Yes. Um, But yeah, whether or not, you know... He lived this amazing, fantastic life. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. All right. He did some, he, he tried, you know, a lot of the backstory is him trying to help the politics in mm. Jamaica, yes. mm-hmm. which was bad. And he was a victim of it in the beginning. And then he left and spent a lot of time away, got very famous in the rest of the world. And that was probably why he got as famous as he did, where mm. if he'd stayed in Jamaica, mm. perhaps he wouldn't have been as much of a global icon or have brought reggae music to the world. Yes. Yeah. And then he sort of tried to help unite the the two parties that were fighting in the civil war. Okay. So yeah, there was a lot more that I didn't know. Cool. My mom and my dad are very big Bob Marley fans. Cool. My dad, especially he's like obsessed with Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Um, and my mom, I don't know how correct it is, but she told me that he was very against the hippie movement and he was more into the punk movement uh-huh. when it came to music. So, I mean, a lot Sorry, of... who was? Bamani. Okay. Yeah. So he wasn't like all for like free love and Woodstock vibes. He was way more into <laughs> like more the militant. clash. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. He even has that punky reggae party song, which is very cute. Yeah. There's and... scenes of him discovering that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's scenes of him I think he was like... good friends with the clash. Yeah, you see him at these sort of London clubs and you see him, you know, them with <laughs> almost looks like a sort of weird version of Cool Runnings where like these <laughs> sort of four rusters are in this like punk club and you see them sort of getting it's like it. like how my mom and dad met. That's the, really? that's the, the scene. <laughs> um, your folks quite political. Um, I mean, they were very much anti-apartheid. So sure. my dad's um, a Zimbabwean Rastafarian and my hey. mom's a Greek punky hippie lady right. yeah oh, really yeah. i've never quite known your your yeah. heritage <laughs> it's crazy zimbabwean rasta meets greek hippie yeah <laughs> slash punk yeah that's amazing <laughs> um my my folks went to the caribbean um when there was the world cup mm. the cricket oh, world cup yes and they were quickly told um don't be deceived <laughs> you are not allowed to smoke weed 
just on the streets yeah. of Jamaica. Like it is illegal. Yes. Yeah. But the Rastas are almost like the sort of, I don't know, it, it'd be wrong to call them this, but like they're, they're like their own little sect of people that kind of live up in the mountains and they are like kind of left to themselves. Mm. Okay. Like they kind of turn, the police would turn a blind eye to them. Right. Because it's part of their religion. But a dude will sell you weed on the streets of Jamaica and say it's fine mm. and then get his friend to arrest you so oh 10 minutes later. Right. You bribe the policemen, they share the profits, like, and that just oh, happens wow. over and over again. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool. There was also, yeah, in this movie, there was a little bit of a lesson in Rastafarianism. Mm. They kept cool. saying Rastafari-eye. Rastafari-eye. Yeah. Rastafari-eye. Rastafari-eye yeah. because it's I is us. Yeah, it's yeah. not you. It's not me. We're I together. and I. I, I <laughs> yeah. and I. Okay, yeah. sorry. You should be explaining this. <laughs> I, I don't know too much. Like, I'm, my relationship with my dad isn't too good, but okay. I, I do know a little bit because I also used to work with Rastafarians. Right. That was my first job was um, selling weed. No, <laughs> um, cooking actually. Cooking I tell. No. <laughs> I had a friend who, who this, this absolute stoner from the states, who who would put it in like cooking oil. Yes. And that I mean, I have. That I have. opened up a world of possibility. Yes. They were eating like weed schnitzels. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have cooked with weed before. It's very fun. There's that show, I think. Cooking with cannabis. Oh. That's super cool where they like cook gourmet food with oh, wow. weed. Right. And then where like, is it? Do you know? Um, I'm not sh- I think I it might have been on Netflix okay. at some point. Okay. And it's or an, even on YouTube. Yeah, it sounds like that. Yeah. Um and it was really okay. cool. They had like different guests and comedians come on, like Snoop Dogg would come on and try this yeah, like yeah. food and right. it, was, it was very cool. What did you what did you do for the Rastafarians? Um apart from pedal ganja on the streets? No. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I worked at Maboneng um, at the mm. market and then Neighbor Goods as well. And we made um, so their restaurant or stand before they opened the restaurant was called Exotically Divine. And it was all okay, vegan. Like Caribbean food. Um, mixture. Mixture. Because there was definitely cool. that point where the whole world was like, oh. Caribbean food's amazing. It's yes. amazing, yeah. Like jerk chicken. Yeah. yeah, so this was 100% vegan. Okay. This was all vegetarian, no, vegan food. Yeah. And incredible. I don't know if you ever saw it um, at markets. It was served in a lettuce bowl because it was oh, cool. um, right. biodegradable packaging as well. So mm. they actually served but, so, so you spent a lot of time at the Mubbing Market. Yeah. Very close to where you would one day work. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just down the road from the bioscope. Exactly. Yeah. Did you ever come and visit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can't remember. I think we've spoken before oh, on yeah? the podcast about what uh, the when we made the movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Movie factory. Factory. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You were a part of that. And, and that was great. Yeah. There was this moment where um, Marigold was talking about interacting with the home movie factory, yeah. which is something I remember in the early parts of the Biosgate. Yes. And then at one point I was like, wait, hold, how old were you with that? <laughs> and you were like, I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like meanwhile, like Ooh. that was me, like as a fully fledged adult, yeah. like, yep, yep. doing something with the bioscope. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, but we lived up the road, so we used to come quite often. Oh, cool! To watch screenings. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, stoners and being a stoner and stoner comedy, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know the movie Ted? There mm-hmm. were two Ted's: yes. the Talking Teddy Bear with Seth MacFarlane. Yes. yes. Um, there is now a TV show. 
Okay. Oh, oh. Show Max. Right. Yeah. With Seth MacFarlane? So it's uh, so Seth MacFarlane, who, just back of the box, everybody knows from Family Guy, mm. um, American Dad, A Hundred Ways to Die in the West, yeah. Orville, just a great creator of uh, movies and TV shows. Um, he is the voice of, yes. of the teddy bear. So he still does the voice. Okay. And this TV show is set in the kind of high school days of the... Mark Wahlberg's character. Oh, okay. So it's like a prequel to the movies. It's a prequel series. Okay. All right. But it's great. It, like, it still delivers. It's still as um, unfiltered. Right. Because <laughs> it was always quite like raw and, yes. and mm. quite, you know, quite um, explicit. Yeah. I remember um, it being quite hectic. Mm. Yeah. I think it's funny. It's I don't funny, know. But it's, <laughs> I like it. Cool. It's, not, it's not really my humor. You no, know, no. it's just it's like kind of dude humor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not for everyone. But I like I like Seth MacFarlane's humor. Okay, mm. I think there is a wit to it, mm-hmm. as much of it being a sort of crass stoner yes. comedy. I think it's a, still a smart stoner comedy. Cool. Um, yeah, so I've been enjoying that. Nice. Um, what have you guys? On the I'm trying to remember the name, and I'm trying to look it up now. But on the 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 weeds front, the ganja. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's that. I can't remember the name now for the life of me. Um, show also on Showmax that started as a web series. Okay. And then they made an actual show out of it um, that follows a drug dealer who sells weed. Right. And I, okay. And it's like, it's it's more so about his clients than him. Oh, uh, cool. Right. And he's the one character that's always in it. And it's such a beautiful, like, feel good. Fiction story or a, or a reality TV um, fiction, yeah. Okay, cool. And it's beautiful. The soundtrack, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay, but we don't know what this is called. Yeah, let me find it quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the meantime, I'm going to tell my my cat story when you were telling a story about how <laughs> Kerbis the cat was being a dickhead and sitting on your face. I'll never forget um, spending a night with yes. a girl. Right. <laughs> Ooh, a very long time ago, long before I met the love of my life, yes. who I'm now engaged to. And... Um, she had this little kitten mm. who was the most adorable little thing in the world. Yeah. But it kept <laughs> kept crying and annoying me at night <laughs> to the point where at about two in the morning, I was like, I fucking hate this little thing. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, I've never hated such a cute thing in my life. <laughs> That's how I felt last night. I was it's so like You are mad. so adorable. You are literally the most adorable thing in the world. Yes. Making so the mad. cutest noise. But I was like, it is so annoying right yeah. now. I was so mad. Um, I house sat once. And um, in the main bedroom, the parents' bedroom, which of course I would then sleep in if I'm house sitting. Mm-hmm. The master bedroom, they said... Um, yeah, and we leave this window open and the cat comes in really early and comes in under the covers. Don't be alarmed. Right. Cute. And I was like, cool. Didn't think about it again until <laughs> at five in the morning, this cat came under the covers and started scratching my legs. So that's horrible. My feet. And I was like, never again. Yeah. This never is what again. Binky was doing last night. You're listing all the things. Like, Kobe was like. <laughs> that was the scariest, most unsettling thing that's ever happened in my life. And so I slept in the like. The girls' room or something for right. the rest of this house. Mm-hmm. That I was like, in the middle of the night, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding yes. me. Like, how could you ever, like, <laughs> tolerate this? No, it's, it's brutal. It's and so scary. Usually, he's been, he's been so good. But I think because I worked, like, really hectic hours this weekend, this past weekend, um, I was, like, tattooing and then going to DJ and then 
you know, I was barely home this weekend. Yeah. I think I've noticed now he gets frustrated. Okay. And then right. he's like, okay, I'm going to be a terror because <laughs> I'm frustrated and I haven't had enough attention. So I'm going to just fuck shit up. Why yeah. would you get one of those backpacks with the little hole and take him everywhere like so Taylor Swift? I have a harness. I har- um, we go for walks very often. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, um, but... I don't think smoking kills is a good place no. for a cat. <laughs> and old Gad, you know, Gad, one of our co-workers yeah. here, has got this little pug. He brought the pug to um, the bar in Greenside when we were young. Wild. Um, Bob's. Uh. And I was like, Gad, get your dog out of this bar. He's like, it's fine. I'm like, it's going to go deaf. Literally. Yeah. That, and literally. I think I think Shaniqua is deaf. Oh, because Shaniqua. Of, yeah, I named it. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite Shaniqua or just Shaniqua? Uh, no, I actually didn't think about Napoleon Dynamite. No, he. we were driving on a road trip for the band once and he said, no, I want to get a dog. I want to get a pug. And I was like, I think your dog should have a strong African-American woman's name. Beautiful. And he's like, so what do you have in mind? And I was like, Shaniqua. And he's like, done. Gorgeous, gorgeous. The show uh, is called High Maintenance. Okay. Oh, high Maintenance. And we think it's on? Showmax. Showmax, yeah. Cool. Showmax, yeah. So this yeah. is where Ted is. Ted is on Showmax, yeah. by the way. So Showmax is doing well. It cool. is. I They've just hate just... the freaking layout. No, but it's changed. It has changed, but it's still like... You don't like the new layout? The, uh, I don't know. Something about it. It's like you search things and then it doesn't really show you what you're searching for. Whereas like Netflix is like you search post-apocalyptic, you're going to get post-apocalyptic films. Yeah. Right. Whereas Showmax is just like not quite there i i heard that in netflix you can believe there's probably like a bunch of staff Mm. whose sole job is to come up with those sub genres Mm. and apparently it's for stuff that hasn't even been made yet but they've built these keywords like post-apocalyptic yeah weed drama yeah (laughs) exactly you know like they and they've figured out all these little Mm sub-genres that that, and that's just the difference it's it's like easy you know the one is a the one is like a billion dollar like streaming service and the other like showmax is doing well yeah Yeah. it's actually the dominant one in africa funny enough um but yeah sometimes you just see the difference where you're like this is operated from a building in Randburg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because now the new one, because they changed it, because I think about 30% of Showmax now is owned by Universal. Oh. So this is basically a reskin of the Peacock streaming platform. Oh. So they've taken that app and like turned that into Showmax. But it definitely is better. Okay. Yeah. I haven't used it yet. It definitely but yeah. is better. I was, I was on it last night. And cool. I appreciate Showmax. And I appreciate I the people too. from Showmax. Mm. Yeah. There's a, a lovely dude. Shout out to Kevin. Okay. Go emails Kevin. me Ooh. weekly and tells me about all the cool stuff coming Sick. out. Cool. Um, you watched The Creator, Graham? I did watch The Creator over the weekend. Because um, it's now on? Disney. Disney. Disney Plus, yeah. Because it's uh, whatever, one of the many studios that Disney owns, Regency or something. Mm. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, you weren't wowed by it. Yeah, I think like technically it's incredible. Like it's wild. I mean, it's it's insane to say something like it only cost 80 million dollars yeah but it that, did only cost 80 million dollars which in comparison to like the latest fast and the furious cost like more than 300 million dollars yeah mm. do you know about the creator marigold it was um it got everyone's attention a while ago the it was the guy who did rogue one yeah okay. and he made this i think this is what's interesting about this film and that's probably the last thing we need to kind of talk about it is yeah. that is that he shot it 
like this big budget sci-fi movie. It's got uh, Denzel Washington's son in it, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it's like huge sci-fi stuff um, on what is relatively low budget. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what you're saying. It's still eighty million dollars, yes. but that's nothing for this kind of movie. And he shot it on cameras that we could all. Have. Yeah, it was like consume, relatively consumed, like Sony F3. Okay. You know, your average film guy um, shoots on these kinds of cameras, even the digital cameras that like none of us can afford. Yeah. Well, I mean, most of them, a lot of them are shot on cameras you can't buy. You have to rent them from Arri. Oh, yeah. right. You literally right, right. can't buy them because they're so expensive. Yeah. And that's how everyone kind of makes their money. There's, yeah. a, there's a whole economy there. But yeah, he was trying to prove something yeah. by doing it in this way. And it's a great, That's I think cool. it's a great movie. That's it's a solid, cool. it's a solid movie. Yeah. Okay. A lot of heart, little glimpse to the sort of future of AI. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I thought it was great. Yeah. I think it kind of, the thing I found a little, like I wanted it to kind of allow itself to be distracted more. Like, cause it has That's interesting. interesting that ideas that it kind of really skirts over. Like the idea of AI that's so advanced that it's forming religion and they have like funeral rites. And I'm like, that's so interesting. Yeah. That is but cool. it kind of just happens like sort of in the background uh, and it's mostly like this much more traditional sci-fi thing. I'm like, cool, just let yourself like go off the path a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I really would have enjoyed that. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Because sometimes you really want them to not go down that path. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Argyle um, is the, the movie that we spoke about last week, which mm-hmm. is the big movie in cinemas. Um, and there were a couple of moments where you're like, <clears throat> you're being too distracted. Yes. Like, stay on, stay on point. Yeah, like, tell the story. I'm, I'm, I love that. I really do. Sometimes it's when great. It's like, yes. when, when a film has, like, more lore... And you're like, uh, okay, yes. cool. This is this is why this is happening. And yeah. I know you're not focusing on the main story, and we've gone so far away. But it's like, yeah. it brings me back, you know. Mm. Yes. Um, you mentioned your 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 busyness <coughs> of DJing. Yeah. We we hopefully gonna have you DJ at a short store show soon. I'm excited. Uh-huh. I'm, yeah, I'm sober, so okay. things have been very hard. DJing has been very hard lately. Okay, well, let's yeah. talk about this. You, I, I noticed you running more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's gone hand in hand with drinking less. Yeah. It or was, drinking nothing. It was just like a, a bit of a, I don't know, it was a shift that had been coming for a long time. And mm-hmm. I have always, you know, kind of kept my work first and never let it get in the way. But um, I was not liking who I was. When mm. I was drinking, it mm. was like a, it was a, almost like a switch. And I was listening to this Andrew Huberman um, podcast about what drinking does to your mm. your mind. And right. he was talking about how it f- sort of fogs it up. Eh? Some people are just predis- predisposed to being alcoholics. And right. they were just like things that I was just checking, like blackouts. And, you know, most people, when they go drinking, they're like after two drinks, like cool i'm done you know but i'm the kind of person that gets more energy and i'm like another one another one another one and it doesn't stop you know yeah and working in bar industry and djing it's like it was it enables you enables me and i also just wasn't i don't have an off switch so i can be fully functioning the next day but there's just this little dimmer that's always on and yeah i just wasn't enjoying the person that i also became from these blackouts even though i was fully functioning and chilling with my friends i was Getting angry, being a bit nasty. And, and that's I was not like, you. It's not me. No, and you're one of, literally one of the happiest people <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> so I didn't want to be that anymore. So I just kind of 
Good for you, man. I yeah. haven't stopped. Just, and now I don't even want to. It's like there's not even like a little glimpse. Like Chris yeah. tried to bring me a tequila on Friday night because I was having a bit of a panic attack on stage. Right. What was happening? And I, I didn't know what controller we were using. I had never used it before and I had pressed a button and I couldn't undo something. And it was like a pure like nightmare moment of like yeah. feeling like naked in front of everybody, you know. <laughs> um, but... Um, that's that's great. How long has it been now? It's been almost two months. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. It's been good. No, super, good for you, man. Good. Yeah. Um, well, I think you will be an amazing DJ. Yeah. I'm gonna have so much fun. Event. It's gonna be fun. Uh, um, well, we, it's not our event. It's it's at Sonage, but um, we did it last year. It's to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, so it's called. Uh. Kiss me, I'm pretending to be Irish. Right. Something like that. And we did it last year, and so they've included us again this year, and then they've they've said, um, you know, we kind of want to build the show with you guys. Yeah. So who do you want and who mm-hmm. would be nice to have around? And um, I thought you'd I immediately thought of you as a DJ. That's going to be so fun. <laughs> so I'm it'll excited. Be cool. I, lo- I love Sonage. I really it's do. It's a great venue. It's such it's, a cool venue. And it's just technically amazing. So amazing. The sound. Yeah, no, and they've got, and you'd appreciate this, Graham. They've yeah. got these, the they've they've mapped these um, shapes mm. that go uh, up the roof. Okay, that's like projection mapping stuff. Yeah, it's not even. I think it's just LED lights, to be mm. honest. But they've but they've um, mapped them in such a way that they can like twinkle them and change yeah. their colors, and it just it's it's perfect for like drum and bass parties, which yeah. I know they do a lot but of. But even live, like I've noticed, music as well, shows. they just like because they have all those guys in the booth. Yeah. And they'll just use them at the perfect moment and create such like an atmosphere. It's beautiful. No, I love Sonnet. So, fun. so yeah. that's going to be on the 16th of March. And I love St. Paddy's. Yeah. It was my favorite holiday. And, that, <laughs> and now you'll just have cream sodas. I, I wonder <laughs> if they make a non-alcoholic Guinness because Guinness is like my favorite beer. Right. I wonder. <laughs> you can just have a loaf of bread. I can. <laughs> <laughs> or soy sauce. I think Guinness tastes like soy sauce. Yeah. A loaf of bread dipped in soy sauce. There we go. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what you can drink. There that we mulch. Go. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> lovely. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I think you. um I think that's that's it for today. Is it? You want to talk about Monkey Man? We didn't oh! talk about it last week. Do you know about Monkey Man? I don't. Tell me about Monkey oh Man. Oh my god. Um Grave actually shared the trailer. Okay. And what's so exciting now, you know, with the upgrade of the bioscope is that yes. when you see these movies coming down the horizon, you're like, Oh my god, this would be an amazing <laughs> bioscope film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just like I wasn't sure where the Bob Marley would be. I yes. needed to see it for myself. Mm-hmm. And it is a great film, mm. but I'm not sure it's a bioscope film. Okay. All right. But Monkey Man feels like a bioscope film. So what it is, it's produced by uh, Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. you know, yes. from um, Key and Peele and yeah. Us and Get Out. I've heard so some problematic things about him lately. Jordan Peele, mm. isn't mm. Okay. Yeah. Worth paying attention to. Mm. Um, but um, outside of his personal life, yes. the dude understands genre and understands like, horror or action and yes. can get those, oh, yeah. those things right. Very fun. Um, so he's producing this film. It stars Dev Patel, yeah. who we know more from more serious films like... Yeah. Um, Lion and... Lion. Um, um, what's the... Who Wants to Be a Millionaire film? That's the one I'm trying to remember. Where... Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. What's it called? Danny Boyle movie. Why can't I remember what it's called? Where he participates in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and wins Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire, thank you. Um, it's also directed like, by Dev Patel. <laughs> 
And so this is directed by him. Yes. So he okay, stars cool. in it and he directs it. Beautiful. Here's my here's my elevator pitch to you. Okay. <laughs> okay, imagine someone's like, oh, the movie. Yeah. Monkey Man. Imagine John Wick meets Bollywood. Yeah. Sick. Hey. Very cool. So yeah. it's like set in India, the slums of India where the Very inequality cool. isn't, you know, where the inequality is so bad. Mm-hmm. And he puts on this like kind of monkey mask and yeah. fucks shit up. That's sick. Okay, <laughs> it cool. looks amazing. Yeah, cool. It looks rad. So he's like quite a serious guy. Like yeah. Lion. Oh, Lion's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and of course, Slumdog Millionaire was great. But now now you s- he looks like in the scenes, some of those action scenes, he looks yeah. super competent awesome. as like an action guy. Yes. Okay. No, so Monkey Man's coming in <clears throat> April. Here we are like mid-April, I think. I think it's early. Yeah, it's the first weekend of April. Okay, cool. I'll be there. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, it's one of those like I think people just need to know it exists. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like just go and look at the trailer. We'll put it in the in the description of this episode. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and come and watch it at the bioscope. Yes. <laughs> Are, is the bioscope still screening poor things? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. No. And Good we, to like, know. Weeks on, we're having sold out screenings. <laughs> This cool. Saturday, Stop. this past Saturday, we had a sold out screening. Stop! I really want to watch it. In yeah, a, in, a, in a heat wave, and so yes. it's hard. It's hard Wild. to do that. When yes. you make the booking, just take off one seat. Okay, please. It's such a lovely movie, and yeah. I'm so like, you know, a little bit like your virginity. You you want your first time to be special. Yeah, and and this was our first DCP film. Yes. yes. And I'm just so glad it was that. I'm so proud. I'm so happy. Like, it's just so bioscope in so many ways. And I don't even know what that expression means. But it's just such a big, bold swing. Yeah. It's so wild and bonkers. It's but so crazy. In every way in which it's explicit and body violent, mm-hmm. um, it's fun. Yeah. And ridiculous. Yeah. And like visually stunning. Yeah. And Everyone is, it's, it's like another one film that everyone that I speak to is like, you have to watch this. This it's is a Marigold film. Yeah. It's penetrated. They're like, this is yeah, a Marigold yeah. film. You have to watch it. Yeah. No, I'm just going to keep adding it. So, yeah. Thank you. Okay. I'll, I'll make Eventually I will yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come see it. Just keep an eye on the program and, and just I, let me know when you want to come. I'm even subscribed. <laughs> I get the emails. Like <laughs> but you're busy. Yeah. I am. I'm a busy lady. Yeah. No, but busy we lady. appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for coming Thank through. Thank you. Yes. And of course, uh, Lovely to uh, hang out with you, G-Force. Yeah. Thanks for a lovely day at the video store. Mm. Thank you, guys. And um, we'll see you guys soon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our home base, for those who didn't know, is thevideostore.co.za. Please chime in on Facebook and Instagram. Let us know what you think about all the stuff we've chatted about. And we hope to see you again next week. All right. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>